You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Money Pit is presented by Bank of America, the Angie app, and Aero Fastnet. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And that's kind of what we do. We help you improve your home. And your home could be your house. It could be an apartment. It could be a co-op. It could be a yurt. We don't care what it is. <laughs> We're here to yurt. help you improve it. I think it'd be fun to do a makeover on a yurt, right? I mean, <laughs> it could be a, be a lot of fun. It could be like a glamping thing, you know? Oh, great. Now I want to go glamping. <laughs> well, whatever is on your home improvement to-do list, you can put it on ours by reaching out to us with your questions. A couple of ways to do that. Uh, you can head to moneypit.com slash ask. Now there you'll find our brand new app, which is terrific because all you got to do is download it, Push the button and record your questions. It'll go right to our production studio, and we will get back to you with the answer as soon as possible. Or you can call us the old-fashioned way at one eight 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 Money Pit. Hey, coming up on today's show, if you would love to have a backyard pool but just can't afford it or don't have the time to care for it or you just don't have the space for it, I have two words for you. Spool pool. We're going to share tips on how you can combine the benefits of a pool and a spa in one very refreshing backyard feature. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And with the spring season comes, you know, sadly, spring allergies. I feel like everywhere you turn, it's allergies in the air. They're in your house. They're outside. They're on the car. They're in the car. You can't kind of escape them. So we're going to share ways that you can make sure that they are inside your house. is as clean as possible to avoid all that sneezing. And is your driveway worn or chipped or does it have a bunch of nasty oil stains? We're going to share a surefire solution to clean up those stains for good and restore the surface. And are you ready to spring into home improvements? Well, we are. I mean, thank goodness this weather is lovely and perfect for us to be outside and work on the yard and do some exterior projects. Whatever it is, we have got a great set of tools to give to you today from Arrow Fastener to one lucky caller who connects with us at the Money Pit today. That's right. We've got America's best-selling staple gun, the T-50, plus its sidekick, the T-50X, worth 65 bucks, along with a supply of staples. So give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT or post your questions to the Money Pit app at moneypit.com slash ask. So let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Heading out to New Hampshire, where Pat's on the line with some cracks in a garage floor. What's going on in there? Well, we have a big crack that goes in an X. We actually have two of them. And in the middle is a drainage area, but there's never any water there. It's not actually used. And then we have foundation cracks in the walls, which are probably a foot and a half high. And some of the cracks are about a half inch 
and there are probably about 14 or 15 of them going around oh. the whole garage, and they go through to the outside. So first of all, Pat, the garage floor, I generally don't worry too much about because that is separate from the foundation cracks you're talking about. Garage floors are like one of the last things that gets done when you build a house, and sometimes the soil doesn't get settled properly or compacted properly. Now, you mentioned there's some drainage in there. I'm not quite sure what the thought was for that, but the bottom line is that it doesn't really do anything more than just cover the dirt, so to speak. You can fill those cracks in. There are materials designed for repair to concrete cracks, and then you could finish the garage floor with a product like Dice Coating, for example. I'm using that on a concrete floor in my house. Uh, it's a really durable epoxy coating. It makes it easy to sweep and clean. Now, the foundation is another issue entirely because that is important that it not be cracked. And you describe cracks that are half inch wide. That is a pretty serious foundation crack. And it says to me that that foundation uh, was not on a proper footing. There's movement there that caused all this to happen. And I think that you would be wise to speak with a structural engineer, not a contractor necessarily, because contractors don't have that kind of degree. Uh, you know, they all are going to tell you they know how to fix it, but I, I wouldn't buy it. I would talk to a structural engineer, and the structural engineer will design for you a proper repair, or if it can't be repaired, then they can talk with you about options for replacing the foundation, which is not inexpensive. But I want to make sure you get the right professional advice because with a structural engineer, they'll spec out exactly what has to happen. And once they do that, you can share those instructions with contractors and that's going to achieve two things. First of all, you're going to know it's done right. And secondly, you'll be able to um, get uh, apples to apples comparisons on bids because they'll all be bidding on the same thing. Does that make sense? Yes, thank you. Can you give me the name of the product for the cracks in the floor again? Quickrete, for example, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E. Quickrete has uh, concrete repair products for those kinds of cracks. And then you can finish the floor. You can go to Dice Coatings, D-A-I-C-H, coating.com, and look at the garage floor products. It's an epoxy product that you apply. It has sort of a um, like a, a speckled finish you can add to it, which I like because it hides the dirt and it makes it easy to clean. So I would uh, that's the way to fix up the floor. But in terms of the foundation, you definitely need to talk with a structural engineer about that, see what's really going on. Oh, well, my husband did call someone. They said it's possible that they have to put rods in it. I think your husband called a contractor or somebody like that, and this is exactly why I'm telling you you need a design professional. Everybody that does foundation work is going to have an answer here. That might be part of the solution. It might not be. So don't get bamboozled and confused and uh, by all the different opinions on what has to be done here, unless you hire a design professional like a structural engineer, okay? It'll be a lot less uh, aggravating for you in the long run. Plus, you know what? Um, if you go to sell that house and a buyer sees those cracks, uh, and if they're properly repaired, you can just say, yeah, we had some cracks, but we had a structural engineer evaluate it. Here's his report. And by the way, after it's done, you can have that engineer come back and certify that it was done completely, and that's kind of like getting a pedigree on that foundation so you know it's in good shape. Very much for the advice. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Pat. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. 
Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to A-I-R-D-O-C-T-O-R-Pro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Todd in Utah is on the line and is looking for some help in insulating the garage. Tell us about it. Well, what I've got is I've got a, a garage that I work out of. And I like to do woodworking and, uh, you know, just all around playing around with whatever I, project I have. But it gets cold here in Utah, and uh, I like using my rafters to put, you know, boards and extra uh, equipment, pontoon boats, you know, a little bit of everything out there. But I want to be able to inflate it to save a little bit of the heat so it's bearable in the winter. And I was hoping that there would be a way to maybe uh, spray the upper inside of that with a spray foam or a spray insulation, or what do you suggest to be the best without having to sheetrock and lose all that space? Well, you certainly could use spray foam insulation. In fact, I've personally used isonine insulation in my haddock, and we did just that. We sprayed in between the rafters with the insulation, then we coated it with a thermal barrier, and with eight inches of isonine insulation, we are able to pick up R30, which is a substantial amount of insulation. So you could hire a local dealer, 
to add spray foam insulation to the underside of those rafters and seal that in nice uh, and warm. And it also will, will seal drafts, which is the other benefit of spray foam insulation. Uh, but remember, you're also going to have to add some heat. Once you keep that, that, uh, that, that area insulated, you're going to have to add some heat. It just insulating itself is not going to make it warm enough. Okay. And then I would expect the weakest link in the house would be around the garage. Right. So you're going to at least have to do some significant weather stripping to try to keep those drafts down. That's exactly what I want to do. I just I like to use my time and being retired. Yeah. I don't want to look out the window during the winter. I'd rather be doing something. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds like that's your man cave. Yeah, it is right now. <laughs> All, All right. right. Hey, well, thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, we're ready to celebrate spring by giving away some tools. We've got two tools to give away to one lucky listener. We've got the Arrow T50 heavy-duty staple gun and the T50X TacMate staple gun. I tell you what, the T50 is one of the first tools I ever owned because it's been around forever. It is truly America's best-selling staple gun, and you always need one around because there's always a project to get done. Now, these tools are well-built. They're durable. They're going to stand up to dozens of DIY and pro projects. And that set of Arrow T50s, along with a supply of staples, is worth 65 bucks. Going to go out to one listener. If you'd like it to be you, you got to give us a call with your questions at one eight 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 Money Pit, or send us your question via the Money Pit app by going to moneypit.com slash ask. Karen in Pennsylvania is dealing with some mold in the basement. Tell us what's going on. Uh, my mom has a house that the basement is, um, we put it up for sale and nobody noticed this. And one person came in and tore wallpaper off the wall. And we noticed that it had mold from the floor to the ceiling um, and even in the inner walls. So I had a gentleman come and look at it. And he said it would take $30,000 plus. And he would come in remove all the interior walls, all the wood, the paneling, everything off the wall, down to the bare. He would have a chemical put on, clean it, um, and then it would never come back. And then the second guy came in, and he said he would rip everything out, as as he said. He would coat it, clean it, um, and guarantee it that if it did come back, he'd fix it. For $10,000. Yeah, I don't think you need either of these guys. You don't have enough information yet, and I don't think you're talking to the right people. I doubt either of them are are professional road mold mitigators. It sounds to me like they're just trying to size you up for as much money as they can get from you. The first thing you want to do is test the mold and figure out what kind of mold it is. And that's that's done. There's a pretty, couple of easy ways to do that. But basically, you take a sample uh, and you send it out to a lab and they tell you what you got. And then you can kind of design a mitigation plan around that. Um, you know, I need to get a sense as to how much mold is there. But if it's just a little bit of mold behind the behind the uh, wallpaper, you know, you may not need to pull all this out. You might be able to treat it right in place, but it doesn't sound right. Um, where the bathroom is has an inner wall, and that is halfway down with mold. Okay. How, I mean, how much mold are we talking about here, square footage-wise? Is it like a four-by-four-foot-by-four-foot space? or We're going to say all the outer walls, because uh, we since went around and pulled off some wallpaper here and uh, moved some... Um, paneling, and we also, the first guy that came in for $30,000 brought in a light, and it, to me it looked like a black light, but he brought the light in, that was a special light, and it can tell what type of mold it was and where the mold was. That is completely wrong. Do not call that guy back. It is completely wrong, okay? 
That guy was was uh, not giving you accurate information. He comes in with his magic light that supposedly tells mold. Yeah, they can't actually tell you what kind of mold unless they do a chemical test on a physical sample. Well, it's a mold okay. test. They send it out to a lab and they read it. So right. that guy's a snake oil salesman. Right, but I mean, it's actually holding a piece of that mold and testing it with certain things, and that's done by a lab. It sounds like you could use a basement renovation, but I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't get too crazy over it. Um, if it's done by the right kind of company, they can take that apart very carefully and dispose of all of that material. And maybe you don't even want to put the walls back. Maybe you just want to leave it unfinished. Oh, good. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you'd love to have a backyard pool, but you just don't have the cash for it, don't have the time for it, to care for it, or you're just maybe short on backyard space, I got two words for you. Spool pool. It's a small swimming pool design that's perfect in so many ways. It combines a spa and a hot tub in one, but it's smaller than a traditional in-ground swimming pool and maybe a little bit bigger than a spa. So it really does fit well within limited space outdoors or even potentially as an indoor pool. Yeah, now this sounds pretty big to me. A spool can be anywhere from about 10 to 16 feet long and 6 to 8 feet wide. That's a nice size pool, you guys. And it's got plenty of room for you to stretch out or just cool off on a hot summer day. And spools will also give you the option to add special features like high-powered jets, you know, to give you that luxurious spa feeling like a hot tub. You can also simply switch back to a cool soaking pool on those hot summer days. It's easy to switch back and forth, too. And with less water, they're going to heat up and cool down rather quickly. Now, the main reason that spools are becoming so popular is the fact that they do work well in small spaces. So if you've got a small backyard, you might still be able to have that pool, albeit, you know, it's a small swimming pool design. You're not going to go training for the Olympics in that small pool, but you can swim shorter laps for exercise because you can even get a spool that has sort of that jet built into it that creates like an underwater treadmill so you're swimming laps but you're not going anywhere so there's lots of great options and who doesn't love to have their own swimming space i mean how great is this now even though spools may be smaller than a traditional swimming pool it doesn't mean that the cost to install one is going to be a lot less because despite their small size Many of the same costs of building an in-ground swimming pool go into building a spool pool, but they are no doubt a great option to consider for the right space. If you want to have some more insights, we've got a great post on this on moneypit.com. Just search spool pool. Greg in Arizona is on the line with a roofing question. How can we help you today? We, we're in the process of purchasing a place uh, up in the mountains, and um, we had an inspection on the roof, and they said the reason for the discoloration and the fascia and the rafter tails is due to the fact that they didn't overlap the roof enough um, on the metal. It's a metal roof. and so Okay, so let me stop you right there so that I can explain what I think you just said. So okay. you're talking about discoloration on the fascia, which is the, the part of the roof that usually a gutter would be attached to. And then the rafter tails, it sounds like your, your rafters may extend off of the roof edge, which is a, a common design. And what they, what the prior roofer did not do was extend the shingles far enough over the edge of that roof so that the water now is sort of dripping back against the fascia and those rafters. Is that correct? Well, it's a metal roof. And, uh, okay, it's a metal roof. All right. It's actually, le- yeah, it's even with the edge of the fascia. Okay, so they did not, uh, yeah, they did not extend it at all. Okay. So one, one of the options was to, to, to drop the panels down, um, provided there's enough gap at the ridge um, to overlap the inch and a half or two inches. And the other option is to put like some flashing underneath the, 
the bottom of the roof, take the screws out, put that flashing underneath there, and then resecure the screws. Create almost like a lip so that it would extend out even further. You know, that's what we would do if it was asphalt shingles. And um, if you were able to do this with, uh, you know, metal that uh, was similar in color to what you had right now, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think it's a pretty easy and straightforward way to fix this. It's, it's just uh, it's just not corrugated like, you know, like the roof is. It'll just be a flat piece of... I mean, I think that's probably the straightforward, easiest way to get that job done because if you start to dismantle the fascia and move things around, it's going to be a lot more construction work. And you could be opening Pandora's box. You know, who knows what's going to happen when you start taking all that apart, uh, what you find behind it, and, uh, you know, it can just get more expensive. So I think simply extending that roof edge in the most cost-effective way possible is going to solve your immediate concerns. Yeah. Thank you so much. Hey, Leslie, I had a chance to do a project this weekend that I'd never done before. It was a small project. It took us a few hours, but it was cutting and fitting one of these composite fiberglass structural columns. My friend had uh, a design of his house where he had four of these columns uh, that supported a second-floor deck. And unfortunately, because of the pandemic, one of them didn't come in for months and months and months. And by the time it did come in, the contractor was kind of long gone. So I said, hey, I can think I can do that. And it was interesting. Um, you know, we basically figured it out. We had to jack up the deck. We did that with a with a, a hydraulic truck jack that I had, just a little, like, regular truck jack. Um, I cut a two-by-four set of them to go between the jack and the underside of the of the beam. Uh, was able to lift it up just enough. I mean, you just kind of take the pressure off, right, like an eighth inch or a quarter of an inch. And it's always fun when you do that because you can hear the whole building going, creak, creak, creak. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> you know? um, but we were able to cut the column, and I did it with a with a um, carbide blade on a circular saw after, you know, you say you measure twice and cut once. I'm sure the column was expensive, so I measured a lot more than twice. Oh, I'm sure. sure exactly right. But it was a fun project, and it came out great. And the nice thing about these columns is you know how the old wood columns always will degrade and rot and eventually have to be replaced? It's not this thing. It is not organic. It doesn't rot, doesn't degrade. And I was surprised how incredibly strong it was, too. Oh, that's a really great thing. You know, I did a project this weekend, too. I finally changed out the faucet in the powder room in the kitchen. It's been dripping for, like, a year, and it's been driving me nuts. And I've been, you know, constantly trying to find that sweet spot where it's it doesn't drip, and then somebody goes and uses it, and then it's dripping again, and then it's a different sweet spot. So I go and I buy the faucet, and I come home, and I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to change the faucet. Not one of the four men boys in my home even noticed that it was leaking. <laughs> Helps. Nobody knows. It's knows? leaking? What do you oh, mean it's man. leaking? Whoa, that, what? Huh? Yeah, what you mean? I mean, you know, I had to go out and get, what are the, what do they call those basin wrenches? I could not get my hand under there. So once I had that, right. that was super helpful. Plus yeah. the old plumbing, you know, the connector from the on off to the actual spigot in the faucet was so ancient that that was a little bit of finagling to get off. But those speed connectors, woo, it was like a dream. Hour later and one trip to the hardware store, good to go. You know, the whole project hinges on whether or not you can shut the water off at the at the supply to the sink, right? Because those valves get stuck. And if you can shut it off, you're you're pretty much good to go. But you can't shut it off, that's that's when you have to stop right there. They turn to a point to stop and then when I turned on the faucet the water was still coming and I was like, Oh, try to turn harder and then it kind of moved again like it <laughs> so I was like, Oh God, something you're there's gonna be it, water right? shooting yeah. out of the wall. You could always have turned off the main water valve, but it's good that you got those things working again anyway. Yeah, I'm so glad. No more dripping, no more water waste. Busy weekend for us. 
Well, the EPA has named indoor air pollution as one of the top five environmental risks to public health and tells us that indoor air can be up to 100 times more polluted than the air outside. But you're probably thinking, well, they can't be talking about my house. Actually, they can, especially if you don't have the right kind of filter in your air conditioning system. We're going to sort out the options in today's smart spending tip presented by Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card. You know, this is a topic that a lot of folks get confused on, but there are basically four types of air filters. There are flat filters, which are usually made from fiberglass. They need to be changed once a month, and while they capture a lot of dust, they don't necessarily capture the kind of contaminants that can make you miserable, like allergens. For those, you might turn to an extended media filter, which uses a particle filter and a very small electrostatic charge to clean the air. It does a much better job than the plain flat filters. Now, if you want to step it up after that, you can go for an electronic filter, which uses a high electrical charge to capture particles, kind of like a magnet. And they are extremely effective on small particles and perform about 30 times better than those flat filters. And finally, let's talk about ultraviolet filters. These are extremely effective at capturing particles, bacteria, and viruses. And they're also the kind of filters that hospitals use to prevent diseases from being passed through the air. Because basically what happens is the air gets sort of washed by the ultraviolet lights that are part of them. Now, when it comes time for the installation, installing electronic or ultraviolet filters, those are jobs that are best left to a pro because they need to be built into the existing HVAC system on the return side of that system. This way, the air is continually cleaned as it passes through the filter. So definitely a job for a pro, but definitely one worthwhile doing. And that's today's smart spending tip presented by the Bank of America Customized Cash Rewards Credit Card. Earn 3% cash back on online shopping. Apply for yours at bankofamerica.com slash more rewarding. Well, it's officially the springtime, and we are ready to celebrate Lady Spring by giving away a set of two handy tools to one lucky listener. We've got the Arrow T50 heavy-duty staple gun and the T50X TacMate staple gun. I mean, the T50, this tool has been around for ages, and it is America's best-selling staple gun. Both are super well-built. They're durable. You can tackle all your projects this spring, summer, The rest of the springs and summers and falls and inside and outside, you will find a project to use your T50s on. Now, you're also going to get a supply of staples worth $65, and it's going out to one lucky listener drawn at random. So make that you. Call us now with your home improvement question at 888-MONEYPIT or post it to moneypit.com slash ask. That is the home of the new Money Pit app. Uh, it's a great way to get your questions right to the studio, and they will be answered first. So try we kind of try to make it worth your while by downloading that app. It's pretty super helpful. It's moneypit.com slash ask. Well, if your driveway is stained from oil leaks or cracked or just worn, now is the perfect time to clean and seal that driveway. Now, beyond stain removal, driveway maintenance is going to depend on whether you have concrete or an asphalt driveway. So first, let's talk about those oil stains. Now, You want to mix up a solution of trisodium phosphate. You can find that in the paint aisle at most home centers. It's called TSP. And you want to mix it into a paste. Now, once you've got that TSP in paste form, you want to go with it a little wet, apply it to the stain, and then let it sit there for an hour or more, and then rinse it away. Obviously, the sooner you can get to that stain, the better. But even old stains can be successfully removed with this approach. That's as long as you fix your car first or whatever else is leaking so it just doesn't keep happening. It's not going to stop it if you keep dumping oil on it. Right. <laughs> but for asphalt drivers that need to be resealed, you want to use an asphalt-compatible product to fill the gaps, the cracks, the holes, 
and then use a disposable squeegee to apply an airport-grade latex sealer over the entire surface. And yes, I did say latex. This stuff cleans up with water today. It's really amazing. Just make sure the forecast is clear for replying and the drying time because rain will cause the sealer to run onto sidewalks and streets, leaving unremovable stains. So you don't want to do that. And then follow up with a generous drying period up to a couple of days if possible, and you will have a very attractive automotive existence. And then you'll have a very attractive automotive entrance. Now, if you've got a concrete driveway with a worn surface, it's best to apply a concrete resurfacing product to the entire driveway. Now, concrete resurfacers, they're specially formulated. They're made to stick to that old concrete. And that's going to leave you with a driveway that looks almost brand spanking new. And, I mean, since you're doing the whole surface, it's really going to look fantastic. For more tips, check out our post on driveway ceiling and maintenance on moneypit.com. Dorothy in Tennessee is on the line and has a question about an in-ground pool. What's going on? I have a, a definite money pit. All right. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the club. A, really. I have a huge in-ground pool that it just wouldn't do any of us to not buy this house with this pool because we thought we'd just love it. And yet right. the kids promised to help take care of it and all that stuff. They're right. grown and gone. I don't want to take care of it. Don't want to pay all that money. And I'm wondering if there's a solution to doing something interesting with this space that isn't such a money pit. You know, you're not in an unusual scenario. I spent 20 years as a professional home inspector. And when we did inspect homes that had pools, I'd say a pretty good portion of the time, the question from my client was the same question you just asked. I don't want the pool. I want nothing to do with it for, you know, a whole variety of reasons. What can I do with it? And in those cases, generally what folks do with it is they fill it in. You know, they tear up any concrete edges or, or, uh, it's anything on top that might be part of their patio or, or whatever. And they basically fill it in and tamp it and compact it and it becomes yard space. So if you don't want to use it as a pool, that's pretty much your only option. Well, exactly. Is, is there a, a, an inexpensive way of doing that? Uh, the little bit of research I've done. It's not inexpensive to fill it in. <laughs> well, look, you need to find. It's not a hard look. Putting dirt in a, in a hole is not a difficult thing to do. What you have to do is, first of all, obviously you have to disconnect all of the mechanical systems, right? And, and right. There's power out there. All that has to be disconnected, and plenty of plumbing has right. to be disconnected. So you get rid of all of the stuff that's easy like that, and then for the rest of it, if you have like uh, you know a decking or a curbing around the outside edge of the pool, that will have to be broken up now. If that's the case, I can't imagine that would take more than an hour or two to break up with this, with a jackhammer because it's only going to be a few inches thick of concrete, so it's actually pretty easy to break up. And then you have to have excavators that will come in and probably with a, a small piece of equipment like a bobcat start to move a lot of dirt into that space because it has to be tamped. You know, you can't just put it in there without tamping it. Um, and in right. fact, you might also, where you actually you may need to break up the bottom of the pool, otherwise you won't have drainage, right? So you probably have to bust right. that up too. And then it's just going to have to be filled in and tamped and filled in and tamped and filled in and tamped because if you don't, it'll become a sinkhole. It'll just, you know, be a, a depressed area in the yard. You want to really fill it up. You're going to use clean fill dirt for that. You're not going to use topsoil, obviously. So the, the dirt is pretty much the cost of the transportation. It's, it's almost like you don't pay for the dirt. But that's probably the best thing to do with it and then start thinking about what you do want to do with that space. Well, I, I can imagine a, a really nice formal garden out there. Uh, well, there you go. Or, uh, fire pit, gazebo, all kinds of neat things. But uh, 
get it getting to that point is not going to be cheap. How long do you plan on staying in this house? I mean, this is basically, is this it forever? <laughs> oh, <laughs> probably. Thinking, yeah, probably. Because, I mean, there's one thing to consider, and that is if the pool is functional, uh, and you, you know, take it out, whether or not it's going to deter from the value of your home. From the homes. resale value. Yeah, sometimes it will right. and sometimes it won't. It depends on, you know, who's buying it and what their needs and wants and desires are. Well, hopefully we've given you some ideas on what what is possible. And good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Bob is reaching out to the Money Pit today. He's written in saying, I'm building a new house and the cement slab floor has moisture damp spots throughout the house. The house is still under construction. Some areas are dry while other areas are damp. I'm ready to install sheetrock, but what's causing these damp areas? Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about that now, Bob. I mean, when a house is being built, um, it's subject to poor drainage because it's not really set up yet and things like that. The the moisture that you're seeing, and you have no heating system in it, so it's not evaporating. So I'm not that surprised that you've got moisture showing in the slab uh, at this early stage of construction. I mean, what does your builder say? I, I don't see any reason to be worried about it at this very moment. Now, if you told me your house was built uh, and it was you know up for a year and you've, you've got heating and cooling systems going and you're still seeing moisture, then that's a whole different story. But for a house under construction, you often see leaks in the foundation that easily go away once the house is completed and, and occupied and the systems are turned on. All right. Hope that helps you out, Bob. I mean, think about it. So much of the home is still exposed, so this is kind of expected. All right. Julia writes in, I have a big flooring project to do, and I want to purchase 4,000 square feet of porcelain plank flooring while the vendor has it in stock. Is it okay to store it in an outside garage? This is Florida where freezing temperatures aren't an issue, although they have been this past winter. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, 4,000 square feet. That's a lot of tile. Um, I don't see any reason you can't store them uh, because porcelain tiles, or really any kind of tiles, can be stored flat or on their sides. Just make sure you raise them off the ground. So if they come on a pallet, you will be all set. All right, Julia. I hope that helps you with that gigantic project. (laughs) I can't wait to hear about what kind of fun stuff you've got going on at this big house and what else you're working on. Well, spring isn't just a great time to get outside. It's also a great time to inspect and repair your home to make sure it is ready for summer. Leslie's got tips to help you do just that in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Leslie? Yeah, you know, it is finally getting warmer outside, and that means it's a great time to take a good look at the exterior of your home for any winter wear and then get the house ready for the warm weather ahead. Now, here's two easy ways to do just that and avoid headaches and costly repairs that could come down the road. So let's start by checking out doors and window seals. Air leaks aren't just a problem during the cold winter months. They're a problem in the warm months as well because that warm air is going to continue to leak in those same windows and then drive your cooling costs up. So it's the same thing, whether it's winter or summer. You're going to get air leaking in. It's either hot or cold, and it messes with your heat or your air conditioning. So you want to address that now. Now, you can keep your home cool this summer and save on your energy bills if you weatherize those windows and doors. Next, you want to inspect and repair any wind-damaged siding or roof shingles. Those winter winds can loosen siding, trim, shingles, and once that kind of happens, it will allow for leaks, and that could lead to costly repairs. So you want to stand back away from the house, inspect the exterior surfaces for anything that kind of seems out of place. Maybe there's a missing shingle, a loose piece of siding. 
all of that sort of jot everything down, that quick inspection and making those repairs now will save you from a ton of headaches later. So get outside and take a good look at your money pit before the summer sets in. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the show, are you thinking about adding a deck to your backyard? Well, one key design mistake can lead to a deck disaster. We're going to tell you what that is and what you need to do to make sure your deck is safe for a summer family fun on the very next edition of the Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Pain.